Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord this morning in his house. I thank the Lord today for his goodness, his mercy. I thank the Lord that you are here in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, just watching the countdown, it gets so exciting. <clears throat> I'm not one to, to watch the ball drop, you know. That doesn't mean a thing to me, watching the ball drop and doing the countdown. But the countdown, I love the fact we got a, a, a countdown clock, Amanda. I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord for whoever put it up there, and it's just really good stuff. I thank you this morning. Um, by way of announcements this morning, uh, please remember the shoeboxes, and as I understand it, June is for jump ropes. And I'm thinking, why in the world for jump ropes? But jumping rope is a good exercise. I've got several of them, but they're all kind of packed up, you know, so not too much exercise if you don't take them out and use them. But, uh, but June is for uh, jump rope. So if, um, if you have not brought anything, if you don't want to bring a jump rope and you want to bring something else, that is okay. And shoe boxes are always needed. Um, monies for shipping these things. I think the cost has gone up this year to... Uh, to ten dollars a box and and when we're thinking about I think it was like 30 some boxes that we did you know this last time and you're looking at three hundred dollars just for shipping so it is very very important um, to help with the shipping if uh, if you're at all able to so pennies for pineapple in the very back we have a Hawaii uh, luau looking table back there we're all excited about brother um, Brother Vic this morning was wanting to put something in it, but he's wanting to put a bird in it or something. And Amanda said, no, it's for missions. And he looked at her kind of funny. He said, uh, and she was saying for Hawaii. And he well, well, who's going to Hawaii? And, and she said, no, nobody's going to Hawaii. Uh, it's for Church of God missions in Hawaii. So, oh, he said so. Uh, but she said, if you want to contribute to my Hawaii you know, I'll, I'll be glad to take donations, and he said he might. I don't know, Amanda. You have to, you know, talk to him a little bit later about that. But, um, but please do if you're at all uh, able to help with missions. Uh, it is pennies for pineapple, but bigger money fits in there too. And at the end of, and I don't even have the date in front of me, and please forgive me for that. But we are having a luau um, to kind of culminate all of that together, and. Um, just having a good time in the Lord, and um, but Pastor has encouraged. Please don't wear your grass skirts, and please don't wear your coconut shell. And anything else, kind of laid back and um, Hawaii uh, attire is okay, except that. All right, just just saying. Um, next Sunday, Father's Day, and if you are a father, if you have a father, have ever had a father, or you belong to the Heavenly Father any of the above um, please be here next Sunday for our breakfast with dads um, last year we just had I thought it was a really good time had a good time we were over in the fellowship hall we watched a really cool uh, video clip uh, Christian comedian that really had a very good message and I, um, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed doing something different you know I'm kind of a different kind of goofy girl sometimes so um, so please be with us next Sunday and uh, as we celebrate dads and um, celebrate our Heavenly Father. There is a sign-up sheet in the fellowship hall if you have not signed up. I've heard through the grapevine 
and really from the horse's mouth and we're having some donuts some hot fresh donuts are coming next Sunday so please don't miss that um, but everybody is, is invited to to come attend have breakfast with us and a good time in the Lord so please remember those things um, I, I think I've told this every time that it's you know that it's my turn to be up here that um, all the years you know Jennifer growing up and everything's an object lesson to me that's just the way the Lord talks to me and so everything's an object lesson so when she gets up on Sunday mornings and, and as, as a kid you know I would say well you know it's like such and such and such and such she says mama does everything have to be an object lesson I said well sweetheart that's just you know trying to get the word in you you know um, and so it, it just thrills my heart you know when that is when that is the case that she gets up here and every week she has a life-related learning lesson. Um, this past week, my granddaughter, you, you guys know Georgiana, most of you do, um, and she has a three-year-old that, that they adopted, and I praise God every time Georgiana sends me videos, this little girl is a worshiper. I mean, it's just amazing, amazing, amazing. You know, every time that Georgiana sends me uh, Olivia singing songs of worship and, and she says Georgiana says when they get in the car she'll say Mama I want to worship I just want to worship so that means put on some worship music and that's what Georgiana does and, um, but I get videos all the time of, of Olivia worshiping she's just turned three and um, Georgiana posted something last week though that just blessed my heart and touched my heart she said when they sat down to dinner one night last week that Libby said um uh, Mommy, I, wanna, I want to ask a blessing. And so Georgiana said, um, well, sweetheart, go ahead. So Libby says, and I wrote it down because I, I didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> she said, Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus. I don't know the words. Amen. <laughs> and I thought, how profound. How many times have you and me come before the Father and said, Lord, I don't know the words. I just don't know what to say. I'm struggling. i got stuff going on. Um, we, we can add anything to it, but I, I don't know the words. But he knows our heart. And that just, it so blessed me. It so touched me um, that um, I text Georgiana. I said, please text me again. Because she'd put it on Facebook, and I don't do Facebook. I just happened to see it through a feed. Um, but this morning, this morning, as, as we are in the presence of the Lord, he knows our hearts. We don't have to know the words. We don't have to know the right words to say. He knows our hearts. And tears are an unspoken language, but the Father knows. This morning, if you will, stand with me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, I'm thankful, Lord, that you know our hearts. I'm thankful, Father, today that we don't have to know the right words, but you see and you know the desires and the intent of our heart and all things. Father, I ask you this morning that your will be done and accomplished in this place today as we give glory and honor and praise to you because you are worthy. 
It's not because we've done everything right this week. It's not because our attitudes have all been right this week. But, Lord, you are worthy, and we praise you. We magnify you this morning, and we glorify you, and we praise you in advance, Lord, for things done and accomplished in this service today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We will do things a little different this morning. Gretchen has a song for us.
morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have you with us this morning. Let's go ahead and take up our offering if our usher will come at this time. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for all your blessings. I ask you to help us that we would never take them for granted, but help us to always be thankful. I pray that you touch and bless this service. Touch and help us that we'll feel your touch, that we'll be blessed, and that we'll be anointed to do your work and your will today. Thank you for Gretchen and for what she's done this morning. Bless and touch her for it. Touch every gift and every giver. Help us to use it for thy cause and will. In your name we ask it. Amen. I don't know if this will help or hurt you this morning, but I'm going to sing the only real peace. You pray for me this morning. Dear Lord, dear. 
harder I fall Sometimes I've wondered If dreams are worth dreaming at all My disappointments Can't keep me blinded and blue Not when I'm reminded of sweet peace
Till my dying day Help others find a way At your mercy Please forgive me I can't believe The God of earth and glory Would take the time To care for one like me but I read in the Bible that old story how he prayed for my forgiveness while he was dying on that tree please forgive me I need your grace to make it through all I have is you, I'm at your mercy, Lord, I serve you, until my dying day, help others find a way, at your mercy. I need your grace to make it through. All I have is you. I'm at your mercy. Lord, I'll serve you. Until my dying day, help others find a way at your mercy. Please forgive me. testify this morning. God is so good. And Gretchen, that mind blessed me this morning. God wants us to be a different people. And when we walk out in the world, if we will show that to the world, that we're different, they'll see the difference. And a lot of times they'll come to you to give you prayer requests. And that's important that when we do get those requests that we give them to God. But the reason I'm saying this is that to be different, Michael and I go down to the senior center just about every day through the week to walk. And when we walk in, this, the guard down there, he'll say, there's my favorite couple. We've made a difference. He has seen something in, the, in us that he recognizes. And he would, if he is doing a, taking people on tour and we're upstairs walking, sometimes... He'll say, there's my favorite couple again, and he'll point us out to the new people coming in. And also, there's a lady, and I have a prayer request for her. 
she's over the senior nutrition program and we decided not to do that any longer just for various reasons and she was said I'm so disappointed she said I always look forward to y'all coming in she said I can talk to y'all our spirits bear witness when we live a life that's different our spirits do bear witness with other people okay does anyone on this side have a prayer request Gretchen Gretchen has a cough. We need to pray for and pop us back. Miss Judah. remember Miss Judas family. Yes. yes, let's remember Brother Joyner. He does need a, a touch from the Lord. And remember our pastor and her family are on vacation this week. That They'll have a good vacation. Sister Rhonda. Okay, Zach and Haley need prayer. Okay, anyone on this side? Sister Diane. <laughs> okay, let's remember Sister Diane's family and Colton. He needs he needs a touch from the Lord, Brother Mike. Mike's wife, Denise, Sister Vicki. Let's remember, let's remember Sister Vicki's daughter, Tricia, and her family and the job situation for Aaron. The request for the lady at the senior center, her mother passed away a, a couple months ago, I guess, and she lived in South Carolina. Well, Miss uh, Yvonne is having to handle the estate, and she's up here, so it's been kind of difficult. She was sharing some things with me on Thursday, or maybe it was Friday, I think, when she was sharing with me some things, that she and she needs some prayer in this situation. Okay, any uplifted hands for for special requests? God sees in each hand and knows each need. Let's all go to the Lord in prayer. Precious heavenly Father. Thank you. 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 Thank
ship now.
praise the Lord for Jesus today. The Lord is so, so good. He is so, so good. I've had two or three of you ask me about Brother Joyner. Um, he really does need your prayers. Um, you know, blood thinner, and you have any kind of issue, it just it accelerates it, it magnifies it. And uh, when he, he fell a cup, well, this past Wednesday was a week ago that he fell, and, and he has a horrible, horrible hematoma on the front of his shin. And um, just, we'll be starting tomorrow, you know, going to the doctor and different things this past week. I feel like I'm ringing Amanda. I don't, maybe it's just me, I don't know. But um, we're supposed to start tomorrow going every week, I mean, every day this coming week for them to address it more as a burn than a scrape. Um, but, um, but just please do remember him in prayer because he is in a lot of pain. And um, I've, uh, I was, some of the guys were talking to me about me not throwing him down the stairs. And I said, you'd think one time would be enough. After a while, you'd get, you'd learn, you know. But, uh, and I was telling the girls back here that uh, a lady Jennifer used to work with said, you can listen or you can feel. So there we are. <laughs> but no, please do remember him in prayer. How many of you have ever, ever watched the show What Not to Wear? Have you ever, any of you ever seen that show, What Not to Wear? I used to love to watch that show, and I, I don't know if it's, if it's still even on air or not. I haven't seen it in a long time, What Not to Wear, but it was a fashion kind of thing. And um, I didn't always agree, and they were always, you know, a lot of times kind of snarky. And, um, and so, but today... Um, I want to talk about what to wear, not what not to wear, but what to wear. And um, how many of you today, whatever, whatever you came dressed in church, how many of you decided what to wear before this morning? You decided what you were going to wear. But you, even if you hadn't nailed it down perfectly, you had already kind of gotten your mind, okay, this is what I'm going to wear. And we do that, whether it's going to work. I see some of you laughing and they just threw this on and it just fell in the right place. I don't know. But, um, but whether we're going to work, I've talked to you know, many people over the years about, you know, well, every night I, I, I plan what I'm going to wear and lay it out and so forth and so on. And, and um, for church, I, I'm... I, Figuring out what I didn't wear last week or how long it's been since I've worn these shoes or whatever the case may be. It's a wedding or any kind of event. You know, we, we sort of plan what we're going to wear. How many of you also, not many of you in, in this congregation this morning are probably old enough to remember when men didn't have but one suit and you knew, and that's when men you know, wore a suit and tie and all that kind of stuff. And so every week you knew that Brother So-and-so was going to have on his blue suit. You remember that? Anybody? I do. When, when I first came up in the church, you know, Brother So-and-so, he didn't have but one suit. Um, but we were in farming country, and I guess you didn't need a whole lot of those. And, um, and, and ladies didn't have but maybe two, three dresses, so you just kind of rotate them off. So there wasn't a whole big thing about what you're going to wear. You know, it was just, it was just the way it was. But today, um, I want to talk to us about um, suiting up, what to wear, suiting up. And this is familiar scripture to you all. It's nothing new. Um, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. This is not new um, to us. 
So how many of you, um, sometimes in reading God's Word, and, and you've been in church for a while, and you know you, you're told what to do. I should do this. I should not do that. I need to think this way. I need to, You know what to do, but sometimes it's like, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I have no clue how to get my, my head and my heart in the same gear. And you have that trouble? I have that trouble often. I don't know about you all. But I know what I'm supposed to do, but sometimes I'm not exactly sure how to implement it, how to walk it out. And I hope today that um, that we can learn maybe some, or rehearse, it's not necessarily a learning process, but rehearse some practical applications in um, suiting up and suiting up. Um, we will be, familiar scripture again, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 6. But before I get into Ephesians chapter 6, um, when Paul wrote the, the book of Ephesians to the church of Ephesus, it was, it was a letter that he was sending to them. And it's just been in more recent years that with translations of the Bible and things like that, that we have chapters. So when Paul wrote the letter, it was just a long letter, a continuation. Um, it has been broken up, in the, the Word of God has been broken up into chapters to kind of pull thoughts and themes and ideas together for our benefit as we read. But that's not, I, 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 do, I want you to look at the book of Ephesus as a letter, a continual letter. And so in, in chapter 5, um, Paul talks to us about walking in love. He talks to us about minding our mouth. Mind what comes out of your mouth. Most of us, I know I have a problem with that sometimes. Um, to not walk as unwise, but to walk as wise. To be filled with the Spirit, Paul is telling us. To encourage one another. And if you move on into you know, the first part of chapter 6, um, he's talking about, you know, Family relationships. Um, Pastor mentioned this a few weeks ago, you know, in talking about um, health and wellness and that sort of thing, and relational health and wellness kinds of things. And he talked about, you know, how to deal with one another within the family. So, again, I'd like you to, to look at this as a continuation. And with that said, um, look with me, please, to. Chapter 6 of Ephesians, we're going to start in verse 10 and read verses 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For we struggle not with flesh and blood, but we struggle with rulers, against powers, against the world's forces of darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in high places or heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, then stand firm, therefore. Having girded your loins with the truth and having put on the 
the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish the flaming missiles or darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert. With all the perseverance and petition for all the saints, be on the alert. In, in Ephesians, and Paul is kind of wrapping this up. Um, he's saying first of all he's, remember who he was talking to before and the instructions that he had laid down before so be aware there's a battle any Christian today does, that is not aware that you are in a battle you need to wake up often we think about spiritual warfare and spiritual battles as, as demonic oppression over a city or um uh, demons that need to be cast out of people, and uh, you know something, something big and heavy, and you know that's usually what we think about when we think about spiritual warfare. But again, look at the the, you know, the previous verses, because we are in a battle every day. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we are in a battle. And Paul is saying, be aware. Know that you are in a battle and that the struggle is there and the struggle is real. I don't know about you. Has anybody other than myself felt like you have been beat up on the last two months? Anybody else? I feel like I have been beat up the last two months. And, and it, it's, it is nothing more nor less than the war raging within myself oftentimes. It's, I, I haven't been, you know, sidetracked with, with demonic oppression and things. But it, it's things within me and within my heart, within my mind, things that I struggle with and things that... And it's like one thing after another. And if you look at the news, and Brother Joyner does enjoy looking at the news. I do not. Um, it is depressing. <laughs> but when... Some of these things, and just looking at things going on around us and things that are going on in your family, in your heart, in your home, in your workplace, it does not matter. You can see that there is a struggle going on. And can I tell you that as we near the coming of the Lord, it's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. Therefore, you and I need to suit up. We need to suit up, just like a law enforcement officer. Every morning when he puts on his uniform, the first thing he does is strap that belt on. He And from that, everything else is hanging, that he's going to need to do his job on that belt. He's ready for service. He's ready for conflict. He's ready for action. He's ready to do his job. And as Christians, you and I, Every day have to consciously suit up. And uh, Paul teaches us in that very first verse, finally, be strong in the Lord 
and in the strength of his might. Here's where some of us mess up. It's where I mess up a lot, and I'm assuming I'm as, you are as human as I am. Sometimes we get the idea we can do it by ourselves. You know, I'm not thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, I got this and this and this going on today. But he is telling us to that we need to put on, rely on the strength and the power of the Lord. We're not made to do this by ourselves. We cannot. We think we can sometimes, and we get so busy we try to. Um, again, I'm assuming you're as human as I am. But um, we need to understand and that this is a war, that this is warfare. And the deceiver of our soul has been deceiving for a very long time. That's who he is. That's what he does. And he's been at this scheming and the, the things that he does, he's been at it for a very long time. So that should encourage us all the more to understand, I cannot do this by myself. I've got to suit up every day and put on the whole armor of God. Um, sometimes it's like, what, you know, we got struggles, but what does it look like? Sometimes we think it looks like a family member. Sometimes we think it looks like the boss. Sometimes we think it looks like that neighbor that's getting on your last nerve. Not many mind if they're listening or watching today. But um, it come it, it looks different to you know to all of us. It looks different. But he is encouraging us um, that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, and we need to remember that. Whatever your struggle, whatever your aggravation, whatever's going on in your heart, in your life, in you, we're not struggling against flesh and blood. We are struggling against principalities, of powers of darkness, powers of wickedness in high places. This is what Paul was teaching us. And so if, if we can identify the enemy, I hope that it will help us to regroup that that my my anger, my frustration, whatever it happens to be, is not against an individual or a situation. But devil, I know you're trying to mess with me. I know this is warfare and I'm going to put on the necessary armor to fight against this. That's what Paul tells us to do. Um We've all heard, if you've been in the church very long, just resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. James 4 and 7 says, submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. So the key here in, in putting on the armor of God and, and fighting victoriously is that we first submit to God. And we do that through prayer and through his word, our submission. So if, if you're having a, an aggravation with the devil, or you think it's an aggravation with the devil, first, submit to what God's word says. Then res resist the devil, and the Bible says he'll flee. First part of our armor that we see um, in verse 13 is the belt of truth. And truth in and of itself is exclusive. It's not you've got truth, 
I've got truth, while I'm working through my own truth. Um, that was uh, kind of a catchphrase that we had you know, several years ago. Everybody's got their own truth. No. Um, now, you may have a way to, to bake a, an apple pie, and I've got a way to bake an apple pie, and, and they both work. Um, uh, Lisa has a way of cutting uh, a cute haircut, and I have a way of cutting a cute haircut, and Sister Diane has a way of, cute, of cutting a cute haircut. They may all be different, and we get you know a similar result or something that's acceptable to our clients, whatever happens to be at the time. But when it comes to truth, there's only one truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody can come to the Father unless they come through me. And this is one reason, if you're not aware of it, if we see it in the, in the media today, how that Christianity is, is, um, is ostracized and pushed aside and, and you, what you can and cannot say about Christianity. And this is, this is the reason. This is the reason. is because truth is absolute. And it is exclusive. You cannot have 14 ways to do it right. Talking about our, our relationship with the Lord now. Okay, I'm not talking about haircuts and, and apple pies. Okay, But I've said many, many times, you know, that there's, there's a thousand ways, I tell my family this, there's a thousand ways for you to be wrong. There's only one way to be right. And when we think about that, that truth is exclusive. And we are instructed through the word of God to speak the truth in love. So when we put on that belt of truth, first of all, we have to know what the truth is and who the truth is. It is Jesus Christ. And we have to know what the truth is about who God says we are as his children. We have to know the truth about our family members and the situations that we're in. We have to know what the truth is. And sometimes when we're dealing with some of the irritations I spoke of earlier, and we'll just speak the truth in love. You know, we've heard that over the years. And I, I, I do it with an attitude because I've heard a lot of little old ladies, and I don't want to be one of those little old ladies, okay? That's to just speak the truth in love. But when we speak, when we really do speak the truth in love, that tempers how we say it. I've worked with church people for mm, 50 some years. Um, but Mike's looking at me. I ain't telling you my age. But I have been in a lot of different situations in church and around church people that um, somebody's just wanting to straighten somebody out. You know? And I'm not saying they didn't need straightening out, I'm not saying that at all. And I've sat under a, a lot of ministers over the years and teachers over the years. It's just more, you know, I'm speaking the truth in love, bless God. You know, kind of thing. But when we really do speak in love, when you have to correct somebody, it hurts you as much as it does them. You know, as parents, how many of you have ever said or thought, well, you know, I've got to ground them or I've got to spank them or whatever the case might be, but it hurts me more than it does you? As parents, that's the way we feel. And when we speak in love, and when we speak truth in love, it's going to temper how we say it and how it comes across if we really speak truth in love. And if we're speaking truth just to straighten somebody out or get our point across, and that, you know, that's another thing altogether, and that's not what the Bible teaches us to do. But that belt of truth 
is of utmost importance. And again, I, I wanted to share, hopefully, how to make this practical for us every day because I enjoyed, I enjoyed figuring out how things work and how, why it is what it is and how it is what it is. So um, in order for us to put on the belt of truth, we've got to seek the truth, what God says about it, what God says about us, what God says about the situation, how I should handle it. And then after doing so, we rehearse, 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 rehearse those scriptures until it becomes a part of us. Um, and rehearse what God's word says, not necessarily how we're feeling about it at the time. The next part is the breastplate of righteousness. And as we know, that breastplate covers your heart. It protects your heart. Does righteousness mean it? Righteousness does mean being right. Put a period there. Righteousness means being right. Does it mean being perfect? No. No. Righteousness does not mean being perfect. Um, if it did, I come up far, far, far too, too far away from the, too far away from the goal. Um, but righteousness has kind of a twofold thought and idea with it. In Second Corinthians uh, five and twenty-one, you'll have to go there but you can write it down if you want to um, the Bible teaches us that when we become Christians we become the righteousness of God that Jesus wraps us in his righteousness so that breastplate of righteousness that we have on protects us when the father looks down at us and we're having all kinds of struggles and even if we acted out and sinned or whatever the case may be when we've done that it is so very important that we repent, that we come to the Father and repent in order to be covered with his righteousness. Because that's what the Father is going to see when he looks down at us. He's going to see the righteousness of Christ if we have, if we have put on the breastplate of righteousness. So it, it's when you become a Christian that we are wrapped in the righteousness of Jesus. But um, Revelations 19 and 8 speaks of the righteous acts of the saints. So after we have been covered with righteousness, then we need to do righteously. Not always going to get it right. I don't, and you're not going to either. I've been at this a long time. Because when the, the enemy tempts us with different things, we have to remember that righteousness, working it out, doing it out, whatever the it happens to be, whether it's the way I'm dealing with my, my superiors telling me what to do and how to do, I, I can have a bad attitude or not. You know, it's a choice I make. Um, no matter what the situation is, I need to be protected by that righteousness. Um, and... All of us struggle with something. All of us. We're human and we will until Jesus comes. We struggle with something. But the application that I hope will help us today is, you know, well, Sister Joyner, I know that's what you're saying, but how do I do it? You know, what, whatever it is, how do I do it? Well, businesses stress having an accountability partner. Um, Michael, uh, our Michael that you guys know, um, 
is uh, he, he buys and flips houses and all this kind of but he has accountability and he talks about it all the time if y'all just need somebody to talk to call Michael he is a talker but we have accountability partners and that's something that businesses stress because they understand how needful it is and in the body of Christ we are not meant to do this alone too often we have come to church and everybody looks pretty everybody smells good most of the time and everybody you know um, and you, you got on your Sunday best you know, I have told people over the years that I, I appreciate any, any honor, if honor is what is, is the right word here, and I'm not really sure that it is. But when people, you know, over the years have introduced me, this is my pastor's wife, and I tell people, don't say that. Don't say that. Because it automatically puts people on guard. You know, it's a free church. Listen, I'm as human as you are. I'm as human as you are. And since probably in some situations I'm more human, if that can be such a thing. But what I'm saying is that when we come to church, most of us are on good behavior. Most of us are looking our best and smelling our best and acting our best and that sort of thing. But when we choose every day to put on the armor of God, knowing I am in a battle, you are in a battle. And we don't have to do this alone. We're not meant to do this alone. So an accountability partner, if you've got a problem with gossiping, have a confidant that you can say, I'm really struggling in this area. Can you pray for me? Can you pray with me? Hold me accountable. If it's gossip, if it's my anger, just let you know, I have anger issues. You know, um, I, I can't help but bad words, ugly words slip out of my mouth. What Again, we all have issues. We all have problems. And so whatever yours is, find an accountability partner, somebody that I'm not talking about, you know, spilling all your ugly stuff to. I'm not talking about because you need to be careful who you spill stuff to. But the Bible does teach us to, to let one another know, um, confess your faults. Con- one version says confess your sins one to another that you may be healed the scripture teaches us to do that so so with this idea of putting on righteousness hopefully this is one way we can walk it out act it out do it out the next thing was um have your feet shod with the gospel of peace peace does not mean the absence of turmoil um understand that the enemy is constantly trying to shake your faith with worry, with aggravations, with doubt, the what ifs of life. What if this happens? Or what if that don't turn out right? Or what if this, you know, the what ifs of life. The the enemy is trying constantly to disturb our peace with worry and doubt and all these things that um, to distract us from our goal, to distract us from being all that Jesus says we're supposed to be and wants us to be in order to live a victorious life in him and to be that light that Sister Dean was talking about earlier. You know, um, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and We've never been in 
a less peaceful time, I don't think, in society at large. I know we've had wars, you know, for years and centuries and all this kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just a sense of lack of peace in our society today, in our culture today, a lack of peace. And as children of God, he's wanting us to stand firm in him and in the peace that he provides. That's one of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples. I leave my peace with you. Peace I live with you. Not, not like the world has. Not like the world gives. But my peace. And it's not a peace that says, I'm not going to have aggravations and troubles. But it's a peace that says, I know the promises of God. I know that he loves me like I love my own children. I know that he is working things for my good, whatever it happens to be. And I know that as I give the situation to him, again, peace is not a lack of turmoil. It's not a lack of stress. But it's an assurance down deep in your, in your being, in your belly, that says it's going to be okay. With the help and the grace of God. You know, again and again, uh, Paul prayed that a, a thorn be removed. And he said, my, my, my grace is sufficient. My peace for you in this situation is going to be sufficient if you'll just give it to me. Sister Joyner, um, how do I walk that out? Um, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Gretchen has asked, you know, favorite scriptures. This is one of my favorite, and this is one I, I try to encourage people with often. Um, but Isaiah 26 and 3 says, He'll keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on Him. He will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on Him. I just confessed to you guys a few minutes ago that... <clears throat> I felt like for the last two months I've just bombarded with thing after thing after thing that would that would disturb my peace. And so one day last week, I think it was, just to give you an example, I mean, it's just I got all these things going on. I feel like a ping pong ball, you know, in a in a machine. And I was aggravated about some stuff. I was worried about some stuff. Didn't know how exactly I was going to handle some stuff. Um, and I remember in like a, a 15 minute period that when I was start feeling, I knew what I needed to do. You see, you and I, we know what we need to do most of the time. We may not want to do it, but we know what we need to do. And I knew what I needed to do, and I would just, you know, Lord, help me to keep my mind on. And I would sing a little song, or I'd go through a, a verse of scripture that was uplifting and encouraging with what I was going through, that sort of thing. And before I could even get a line of the song or the complete verse out, that thing came right back to me. Okay. And so what I'm saying to you that within a, a 10 or 15 minute period, four or five times, I had to consciously focus and make my thoughts come under subjection in order to bring some peace to my mind and heart. And, and it's a battle. It's called a battle for a reason. It's not easy. And I certainly by no means 
am trying to express that, you know, oh, it's cake walk. Yeah, just get your mind on Jesus talking. No, you've got to sometimes just grab, we used to call the horns of the altar. Um, I'd have to look up exactly why that's what old times there was horns. But, but sometimes we have to consciously focus and make our minds do what they're supposed to do, bless you, in order that our feet are firmly planted in peace. And when we are peaceful on the inside, pet lovers, how many of you know that when you're all worried and upset and everything in the house is upside down, your pet feels it? Your pet feels it? Um... When we have peace on the inside, even the cat knows it. You know, even the dog knows it. Um, so, to apply this, Isaiah says, he'll keep you in perfect peace if you'll just keep your mind on him. The next thing, our shield of faith. And we know a shield to be something that protects us. The Roman soldiers' shields, they were really, really big, and they would cover those shields with a really large and heavy animal skin. And right before battle, the Roman soldier would take his big old shield and he would dip it in water. And that, um, that animal skin would be soaked you know, in water. And... He did so because when the enemy was shooting fiery darts or fiery arrows, which is how they, that was some of their militia stuff then. We don't use bow and arrows anymore, thank you, Jesus. But when those, when those darts or those fiery arrows were uh, fired toward a, a soldier, when it hit that, that water, on that shield, those those fiery darts were quenched. And this, when Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus, they would understand the fiery quenching the fiery darts of the enemy. Our enemy is a liar. He has been a liar from the before Adam and Eve were in the garden. He is a liar. He is the father of lies, and he tell us all kinds of stuff. And attack us from every angle but if we have the shield of faith I have faith that God's going to see me through I have faith that God is going to work this out I have faith that I am who he says I am not the lies of the enemy not the lies of the devil not the stuff he's trying to separate and destroy and, and to tear down that with my shield of faith that I can ward off the lies and the attacks of the enemy. <laughs> um, I have faith in the goodness of God. We've said again and again, God is only good. He is only good. And if the devil can make you think differently, if, it, if the devil can make you think he don't love you, if you, the devil can make you think, well, he's, you know, you've done this or this or this and, and you're kind of on the bad list. You're on the naughty list right now. If um, if the devil can make you think uh, it ain't ever going to get any better, 
If the devil can make you think, it won't make any difference how much I pray for my family, my children, my spouse, my whatever. I ain't never going to get saved. It just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And sometimes when you pray for people, it does get worse and worse. I've shared this with a few people. My baby sister was going home to be with the Lord about 17, 18 years ago. But when she and her then boyfriend, when when my baby sister graduated high school, soon after she and her boyfriend moved in together, just messed my mama up. I mean, it messed her up. Because that wasn't the way Patsy was raised. And about three months into their living together, um, Phil brought Patsy to Mama's house one night. And he said, Miss Catherine, you're going to have to do something with her. And Mama's like, what are you talking about? What? And he said, she's so mean, I can't stand her. I cannot stand her. And Mama said, not a thing in the world, but conviction. We used to pray conviction on people. And you could expect it to get worse. When the Holy Ghost messes with you, and he's wooing you, and, and he's trying to pull you into line and pull you into to right living, it'll, it'll mess you up. It'll just mess you up. And, and Mama says, not a thing in the world but conviction. About two weeks later, both of them got saved, got married, and spent many, many years together before she went to home to be with the Lord. Just saying that if the devil can, give a, to, can make us believe those lies, then it, it, it zaps our joy. It, it zaps our, you know, our. Sometimes it, it, it skews how we view them or work with them or deal with them. But just like that shield of faith against the lies of the enemy, uh, your business is going down, um, stock market, crazy. He just goes on and on. Brother Mike, I do have your name written down right here um, with peace beside it. <laughs> that shield of faith can give you the peace. And sometimes the only real peace that we can have is in knowing that I have faith in the one who's going to carry me through. Does it mean that I've got faith in everything I pray for? is going to be answered. I've been disappointed many, many times. But I have faith that my Heavenly Father knows my need. I have faith that He is working on things for my good because that's what His Word says. I have faith that no matter what comes or goes, um, He's going to see me through it. Several years ago, and uh, Brenda and Sister Vicki know the, the individual that I will speak of, um, but, you know, godly, godly people loved them so very much. But they lost their home. And it's like, how in the world? How in the world could these Christian people lose their home? I mean, i got faith. Things going to... Sometimes we get messed up with what faith really is. And sometimes we're allowed to go through things and situations to increase our faith. That... His sovereignty, His provision, His goodness. Um, so, with the shield of faith, to 
apply this every day. Just like that Roman soldier dips that shield into water to quench the fiery darts of the enemy, you and I, every day when we get up and we put on the full armor of God, we need to dip regularly into the water of his word. Let him bathe us daily with the water of his word that when those when the enemy does come, those darts, those fiery darts are quenched. The Bible teaches us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. We need to bathe ourselves. The next one is the helmet of salvation. We know that's our thought processes. We, you've heard this being preached for years and years and years. Um, but a helmet is also something that identifies you, just like your favorite football team has different uh, helmets and different jerseys that kind of identify them. When we put, as Christians, when we put on that helmet of salvation, we're identified. You know, and, and we need to, to get our thought processes right. Not always easy. Not, I already told you. I had to, in a, just a, a very short period of time, I had to keep pulling my thoughts back into subjection. Um, when we come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you know, we have salvation. So the helmet of salvation is placed on at that point when we come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Um, and the Bible does teach us that when we come to know the Lord that old things are passed away and behold, all things come new. Right? But how many of you know from experience, not just because somebody's told you, but how many of you know from experience when when a problem, a situation, an aggravation, a temptation comes before you that it's not like snapping your fingers, that all things have become new. How many of you know that from experience? I do. I do. Um, I have to choose what I dwell on. So, um, I think Sister Dean, I could be wrong, but... Um, some of my and her favorite scriptures is, you know, in, in Philippians, think on things that are lovely and true and honest and of a good report. Think on these things. Um, <laughs> in Romans, we are told, do not conform to this world and the pattern of this world, but be transformed, changed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You cannot fill your mind with everything that's going on in this world. You can't, I've, something I have written down, who or whatever informs you, forms you. If it's, if it's Fox News, if it's CBN or CBS, or y'all know who we listen to, don't you? Um, if it's, if it's the, the local tabloid, if it's social media, who or whatever informs you, forms you. And, and Paul has told us in Romans, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the only way that we can renew our minds is that we bring those thoughts, again, the helmet of salvation, we bring those thoughts into subjection to what the Word of God says. Not, not what we see, the 
just live by faith and not by sight. Not what we see, but what thus saith the word of God. That's part of salvation. But another part of salvation, and this is kind of in the this is kind of in the application part of it. Uh, Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says um, to work out your own salvation. For years and years and years growing up in the church, um, people have used that to do whatever the, they wanted to do. Work out your own salvation. The Bible says work out your own salvation. But it also says with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So when we have on the helmet of salvation, and the Bible says to you and me, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Um, in college, this was one of my studies, and this is one thing that I wrote a paper on. So, And, and partly because growing up in the church, I had some mean sisters to deal with. I'm just going to tell you. It's when I was a teenager coming up, and it, it's probably all my fault, but, you know, they were just, you know, they were ornery. And thinking about this word, when the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, it's not do your own thing. Work it out don't mean, well, you know, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. We have an understanding. The Lord knows how I am. I mean, I've heard it all, have you not? Yeah, you've heard it all. But working out your salvation with fear and trembling simply means this. That as a part of the body of Christ, we have an obligation one to another. We have an obligation one to another to reconcile whatever aggravations, differences, and in so doing... Doesn't mean we agree on everything. As, uh, you've heard pastor say something. I used to say to Brother Joyner all the time. When both of us agree on everything, one of us is unnecessary. And I just, for John Brown, if I'm going to be unnecessary, I'm just not going to be. We don't have to agree on everything. But working out your salvation simply means that as brothers and sisters in Christ, in our homes, in our families, in the workplace, if we're going to, to combat the enemy, that I have to pull myself in line with what God's Word says. I have to pull myself in line. That's what working out your own salvation really means. It's not doing your own thing, but it's how can we, how can we agree to get along? Not just in church, but I'm, I'm talking about at large, you know. I don't know about you all, but, um, and I do not have a, a split personality, but I argue with myself a lot. And sometimes she argues back, you know. It's just the way it is. But, um, so to walk it out, I would suggest Philippians 2, 13, 12 and 13, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Um, next one is sort of the spirit, which we know to be the word of God. We've got to know it, guys. Your pastor has, I, I mean, that's not because she's mine, but I think she's just done a phenomenal job over the past year to 
try to drive in us and through us the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, because we need to know rightly divided what the word of God says, not not what you may have grown up in church thinking or have heard all your life and that kind of thing. We we need to rightly divide the word of God, and um, and I again I think she just does a splendid job with helping us with that and stressing being in the word. The word of God is a defensive part of our armor and it's also an offensive part of our armor that in the wilderness if Jesus combated the temptations of the enemy with the word of God how much more do you and I need to do that Um, when David says your word I've hidden my heart that I not sin against you if it's in there if we don't pull it out at the proper time that's not going to do us a whole lot of good um if you need to know how to handle a situation, this is another favorite scripture of mine the, in James. Uh, he says that anybody that lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And that saint or sinner, anybody that lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who, who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. He, he won't scorn you. He won't turn his nose. I was like, why in the world don't you already know this? He, um, we need to know the word of God, so that we know how to apply it to whatever is going on in our life because we are in warfare. We are in um, spiritual warfare every single day that has nothing to do with some of the big, huge things that sometimes we think about. Um, To apply it, that all components um, of the armor of God and in I think it's verse 11 and verse 13 Paul says put on the whole armor of God he has stressed it twice not just I want to listen to what I want to listen to today or I want to you know I'm going to this has got to come out of me somehow or another you know but put on the full armor of God, the whole armor of God. Um, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And the Bible, Jesus said, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the Bible, thy word is truth. We've got to know the Word. We've got to know the Word. Satan knows it, and he'll use it against you, too. <laughs> um, if we're going to. Fight victoriously. We have to have these things together, working together. Um, Our success in this Christian life, living a victorious Christian life, rests largely on how skilled you are using the sword of the Spirit. Um... It will rest largely on how skilled you are. And the only way you get skilled is to practice. If it's a piano, if it's golfing, if it's a ball, whatever it is, the only way you get skilled at something is by doing it. And um, we have to stay in the Word. We have to know what it says when the enemy comes against us. And Paul kind of wraps up the end of this chapter 
by admonishing us to pray at all times. Now, earlier I said we're not to do this alone. We've got to do it in his strength and his power in order to be successful. Um, pray at all times in the spirit. Sometimes I have to pray for understanding. Sometimes I have to pray for wisdom. Sometimes I have to pray for willingness. And that's not easy. Lord, I know what your word says. And Lord, you know my heart. This song that that Gretchen did this morning. I want to be different. I want to be different. And that is our heart's cry today. If that is our heart's cry today. And when Paul was saying to for us to pray and pray in the Spirit. Yeah, we pray for understanding. We pray for things to work out. You know, Lord, according to you, will help me to know how to lay it down at your feet. But sometimes I have to pray, Lord, help me to be willing to do what your word says. Because sometimes I just simply don't want to. Just I, I, don't, I know what your word says about that, but I don't feel it. I'm not feeling it. I don't want to. And I really have to struggle with this. I mean, as Jennifer, you know, as a young person growing up, Again and again and again, I would encourage her and tell her, Honey, I understand that you may not always want to do what I'm suggesting. But as your mother, um, I need you to trust that I'm doing what I feel like I need to do from the Word of God. You're not going to always like it. I don't always like it either. Just to let you know, and this is, what I, this is the conversation I would have with her again and again, just to let you know, I don't always agree with God's Word. been a Christian for a long time, but I don't always agree with His Word, but I know it's right. I know it's what I ought to do. I know that's what going to, it's going to make me prosperous, and I'm not talking about money right now, but I'm talking about in influence and in, in my Christian walk with the Lord. I don't always want to do it. I'm just really honest with you. But sometimes I have to pray, Lord, help me be willing. I want to be different. But Lord, as I'm willing, I need your strength to do it. Because some things are just doggone hard. It's just hard. Lord, I'm looking at all these components, different components of the armor of God that I've got to put on daily. Just like I get up and get dressed for my day. And I don't know about you all, but with some of the things that I do, sometimes I dress three, four times a day. Depends on what I'm doing. If I'm pulling weeds, I've got on one outfit. If I'm cleaning the house, I might have on something different. If I've got to meet somebody uh, for a, a business meeting, I might put on something else. And if I'm just running to the grocery store and I don't want to run in heels, I might... What I'm saying to you is sometimes I redress several times a day. Um, you and I, in order to fight a spiritual battle successfully, we're going to have to put on the whole armor of God every day. We've got to choose to. Um, we need to suit up. This morning, sometimes guys, and 
many, many years ago when we were in China Grove. There was a an older retired pastor who had come out of retirement twice um, when we were China Grove Way. And the last time he retired is when Brother Joyner and I were assigned there to pastor. He gave the sweetest, the very sweetest altar calls. It's a gift. I mean, it's got to be. Because sometimes, guys, this is the hardest part of a service. You know? Um, every time Brother Newton would, every time he would give an altar call, I'd want to go get saved. I mean, he was just that good. We're giving an altar call. I just want to go get saved every time. This morning, um, you know, and asking the Lord how to how to bring this service to a close. What I'm going to ask you to do is everybody, everybody in the house, I'd like you to bow your head and close your eyes. Every person in the house, bow your head and close your eyes, please. I hope something has been said this morning that has touched your heart. This morning, I want you to know you're not doing it alone. And each of us have each of us has something that we're struggling with. And the different parts of the armor of God, if, if you are, are struggling with that truth, the belt of truth, if you're struggling with truth this morning, what the word says about you or somebody else in your life, or situation. If you're struggling with rightness, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, this morning, if your faith is not what you want it to be, and you're struggling in some area with your faith, your thought processes are not pleasing to the Lord. You're struggling with this helmet of salvation, getting it on, getting it on right, and making it fit. If you're struggling today with the sword of the Spirit in any way, shape, form, or fashion, um, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're having problems with any of these this morning, making the armor of God usable, wearable. You know, David, when Saul wanted him to suit up in his armor, David said, I can't wear this. I haven't proven it. I've not tried it. Don't fit. Doesn't fit right. If there's any component of the armor of God this morning that you're having struggle or issue with um, if you'll raise your hand I just want to be praying for you this week the Lord sees that hand the Lord sees that hand he sees that hand thank you thank you thank you Lord you see you see I don't need to know which compartment or component of, of the armor of God that you're that you're just struggling with I don't need to know but the Father knows. The Father knows. Just like Olivia said, I don't know the words, but He does. 
He does. Thank you this morning um, for your attention. Thank you for your response. The Lord does know. Please understand and know that I'll be praying for you this week um, and praying with you this week. The Lord does know. So this morning, if our hearts and minds are clear, um, let's pray together. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you, dear Lord. That, Lord, you don't just tell us what to do, but you tell us how to do it. Lord, help us as your children to walk circumspectly in these last days, knowing that the days are evil, but greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Father, this morning, as your people go forth, I ask, Lord, for protection provision and a heightened awareness Holy Spirit of who you are and the role you play in our lives when we're admonished to pray in the spirit I ask you Lord that you would deal with every heart every mind and throughout this week Lord bring thoughts of the armor of God and how we need to exercise them into our living situation, real-time, Lord. Help us every day, Lord, to remind ourselves in the busyness of life, in the busyness of our day, that I need to put on the whole armor of God because there's a battle out there. It's not necessarily in the workplace. It can just be within myself. The whole armor of God. Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise today for who you are, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Wednesday night. Wednesday night, um, please come. Uh, we have we have two classes going on on Wednesday night. Brother Mike has a sanctuary class in here. I'm sure he would love for you to be a part of his class. Um, we have... Another class over in the in the fellowship hall. Normally, pastors out of town this week, so we'll be here in the sanctuary. But um, but consider coming and being a part of um, of our Wednesday night class. Look forward to seeing you Sunday. It is Father's Day, and um, love you much. Appreciate you. Even those pastors out of town, if there's anything you need me for this week, please feel free to call me. Love you and appreciate you. Thank you.